Hello and welcome in to the 21st episode of the Promo Guy podcast brought to you by Mojo, the stock market for sports. Mojo is the sports stock market offering probability-based odds, live cash outs, and a one-of-a-kind player prop selection. And now, the creators of Sunday Slams are bringing you an all-new way to play DFS. Sign up using code TPG for a 100% deposit match up to $100. I, am, as always, am joined by Nick from Blue Duck Media. Nick, how are you today? What's up, TPG? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm happy that football is now in full swing. Uh, I had a fun time betting this weekend, even if it was a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, you know, we still got to get used to having so many bets in play in a given day. <laughs> but I, I had a lot of fun with it and, and uh, happy to be doing this episode with you. Yeah, no, it was definitely a chaotic weekend. Uh, it started with everyone who thought they were sharp knowing to stay away from Colorado. I had a great Saturday morning watching Colorado <laughs> kick Nebraska's ass. I will stay on that bandwagon until the wheels fall off. Had a fun, chaotic Sunday. So just to clarify, you are staying on that when they play Oregon in, in a couple of weeks. In Eugene. Yeah. My, so my brother's a huge, huge Oregon fan. So I've, okay. I've, I've already had to listen to a lot. I've made Colorado my de facto team this year. Wisconsin, no, obviously. Yeah. Um, what do we think that we, we've been talking already? What do you think the spread's going to be? Oregon by two touchdowns? It's, it's already out. Yeah, it's 14 and a half. Yeah. It it, it, does, it seems crazy to have them be that big of an underdog. I mean, Oregon, I get it, is Oregon, but you've got some dogs on the Colorado side. I, I just – it's going to be a shootout, and I don't really see Oregon just blowing them out. But yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll Colorado's see. a bunch of dogs and leaders, right? Um, yeah. I think – I guess why don't we get into the, to the college recap, which we were going to do, and then I'll come back to the state of stack. I think that with the Colorado-Nebraska game, my biggest okay, – well, obviously the biggest surprise is how good Colorado is, but Jeff Sims looks horrific. And I actually thought he was pretty competent at Georgia Tech uh, and, like, a relatively decent get for Nebraska. So uh, that – like, I I'm curious to see – so Colorado's now had a shootout and a defensive game. I, I don't remember what the final score was this weekend, but Nebraska only had, what, three points, ten points, something like that. And uh, and I think that – so when it, when they go play Oregon, so they have a really easy game this week against Colorado State, who their coach said some nonsense about, you know, you got to button up and look someone in the eye. I don't remember. Some, something about respect. I thought it was totally lame um, to, disres you know, to imply that Deion's being overly disrespectful to anyone. I mean, he's coaching kids and doing it with confidence. Like, what's not to like? Anyway uh, – so they'll win this weekend against Colorado State, presumably. But the first week, they won in a total shootout. Last week, they won in kind of an ugly game. Oregon, who will be, you know, better than TCU was offensively and probably better than Nebraska defensively. It'll be the only way it really gets away from Colorado is if you get sort of a mixture of those two games where you have Colorado's offense in the first half of the Nebraska game and their defense throughout, but especially the second half of the TCU game. Yeah. Uh, but... I, I, I think they're great. I think it, it shows the power of Dion, the power of the transfer portal. And again, I, I thought it was a bit underwhelming what they had done overall in the transfer portal, but it's really how good Sanders is and, and Hunter. I mean, they have two absolute stars. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm not just on the Dion train just because I love what he's doing and how much energy he's bringing to the game and all the eyeballs that 
the college game is getting because of him. One, I think it's crazy to say that the Oregon defense is just going to be as good, if not better, than the Nebraska defense. I think that Nebraska defense is awesome. It's fast. Matt Rule is doing an awesome job there. He's going too, but keep going. I know, but the defense both weeks has looked insane, and they have a quarterback that has just looked completely incompetent. Yes, I agree. It's a good. De- I agree. It's a good defense. I I don't know. It's tough to say that Colorado really played a good game against Nebraska. If I was a Nebraska better, I would feel like I took the right side. Like they got off the field every time they needed to. They continued to give Colorado the ball back off of like not great Colorado defensive plays, like dropping the snap, giving them the ball back in plus territory, and they would hold them to a field goal or turn them right back over. They – that defense was really good, and Colorado looked really shaky. Eventually, they got it going in the second half. But if I'm being realistic, th- that game did not make me feel any more confident in Colorado. I just want this show to keep going as long as it can. Yeah, I guess I'm still struggling with – like, I could see Nebraska struggling offensively against, like, you know, one of these Big Ten, Minnesota, you know, week one early in the season. But again, I'm very surprised with how bad Jeff Sims has been. I, I didn't really think that that's – who he was, even as a freshman at Georgia Tech, he was not awful. Uh, I think a lot of the blames there kind of the blame there kind of went to other players in that offense and just the new system. But you know, he was a relatively decent recruit, and I- I'm really surprised by by his struggles. And uh, I guess for the college recap, uh, moving forward, so that was the 12 o'clock game. Then the 3:30 big game was Miami Texas A&M. Uh, Miami dominated that game. Uh, they won what forty eight to thirty three. Uh, Texas A and M went up early, you know, with a blocked punt and then a muffed punt. So they got two touchdowns off that. It was seventeen seven early, and then Miami dominated from there. Uh, I thought first off, this was good for our bet that we had talked about on the podcast. I, I posted in Discord of of Miami's under conference wins, but over wins for the season, uh, assuming they beat Bethune Cookman and I think Temple. Uh, they will have clinch that we will win at least one of those bets so obviously a good outcome for us i think that miami looked really good i think they averaged eight and a half yards per play uh versus like five or something to a&m uh a&m's got i thought connor wigman looked really good he was the five-star quarterback in his second second year uh but i don't know jimbo jimbo in year six has got a lot of uh questions to answer top five most talented team by the 247 composite and just you know has struggled um so interested to see what both those two teams look like uh going forward but uh definitely uh miami looks like a much different team than they looked like last year so uh that's exciting for them the night game was texas bama texas i don't know if dominate is the right word but they won handily jalen milrow struggled for alabama not shockingly i was pretty high on alabama this year just because of the talent on that roster uh and you kind of figured that they might stru- stumble a little bit out the gate, just switching from a Bryce Young-led power offense. By power, I mean like high-powered, not like run the ball every play, to this different kind of offense. But Texas was physical. Quinn Ewers looked great. I mean, he was basically perfect. And uh, it's exciting to see. I, I, I mean, you know, you, you don't want to use the word Texas is back, but Texas absolutely looks like a top five team in the country. And really, like, the story of college football this season, other than the fact that it's like the Pac-12 and the ACC and even somewhat, eh, not really, but 
we'll give the Texas win. The Big 12 looking so great as all of those conferences have a ton of questions relative to, you know, their futures relative to the SEC and Big 10 who are kind of gobbling them up. Like the Pac-12 has been perfect. The SEC has been three and six out of conference, losing games that they were mostly favored in, right? And not looking pretty at all. I mean, Florida got killed by Utah. Bama lost by double digits. Texas, Texas A&M lost by 15 to Miami. Um, so the SEC has really struggled. It's fun to get like this one last year of, of five real conferences. But what I was going to say was you have this sort of return of parity and having a lot of teams that have been, you know, quote, sleeping giants, Texas is of the world, Florida state. Uh, we'll see with Miami, uh, Oklahoma looks, I mean, they haven't been a sleeping giant, but last year they really struggled. Oklahoma looks sharp through a few weeks and, They've they've been taking down the sort of you know these big SEC teams, and I think it's it's exciting for the sport. Oh, USC looks great too. Yeah, you have these sleeping giants: the USC's, Florida State's, Texas, Tennessee, Miami. Like literally all, and we'll see what success each of those have. But they've all been very disappointing over the last ten years. All those teams that I mentioned, and now they're all ranked and trending up and looking good, and it's sort of introducing. Uh, this parody to the sport where the, you know, Alabama has, is one and one. Clemson is one and one. Uh, Georgia, we'll see. They haven't been tested yet, but it's, it's a real opportunity for the sport to have like 10 to 15 teams with talent, like with real talent. I'm not talking about the TCUs where you sort of wonder if they have enough talent to compete and then ultimately weren't able to. You know, if it's a Florida State, if it's a Texas, Tennessee, whatever. Like those are teams that if they start becoming really good, USC, then I think it's really great for the sport. So I'm excited to see how the rest of this plays out. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. These are teams that like, I mean, outside of Nebraska, who certainly hasn't returned to glory, these are powerhouse teams from when I was much younger, the Miami teams uh, that were impressive, the Texas teams that were impressive at this point. Texas doesn't even feel like a legacy program to me. I've grown up my entire adult life and they felt like the Jets where everyone just gets excited, excited, and then it's let down after the letdown. So I, I honestly am kind of rooting for Texas that after this big win, I see a letdown in the next couple of weeks, but it is fun to see all these conferences outside of the SEC have some real success. And I, I obviously... I'm on the West Coast, so I end up watching a lot more because of the, the late uh, air times. I watch a lot more Pac-12. It's fun to see the Pac-12 be good. No, it's 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 a bummer that you you won't be able to say that anymore, right? That, oh, I'm on the West Coast. I end up watching a lot of Pac-12. There is more Pac-12. And by the way, the Pac-12 and the ACC, in my mind, if they have a one-loss champion, absolutely have earned a playoff spot. And the Pac-12 hasn't had a playoff spot in a long time. Uh, even a two-loss champ there, if it's kind of done, you know, the right two losses, like there is, there's going to be a struggle for for two SEC teams to get in. Uh, but I, I'm just enjoying the, you know, here, here we are. This is the last year of sort of like this era. I do think that the transfer portal and NIL have helped all the schools that we've mentioned bring a lot of guys back. You know, a lot of them are hotbeds. Uh, you think about USC and LA, you think about Miami, uh, Florida State, both in Florida. Um, so a lot of these obviously Texas. So a lot of these places where kids may go out to other places and then they ultimately want to come back, be near family, stuff like that. I think the transfer portal 
NIL places that have boosters, stuff like that, uh, has really helped these programs. But yeah, like you were saying, it's been really fun to watch the Pac-12. I think it will continue to be. It's a little sad that now when you want to watch USC, they're going to be playing, you know, at noon against uh, Minnesota, right? I guess that would maybe be like a one o'clock, but whatever. Like, I think that it'll that part of it is a little bit unfortunate that we're losing it, but I am excited about the future of college football just from a parody perspective. I mean, how many years in a row do we get Alabama and Clemson, not just in the playoff, but playing each other in the championship? Like, even Ohio State struggling a bit right like maybe it's penn state that comes out of the big 10 or michigan for the third straight year but michigan's a program that you know struggled for a long time and we haven't seen them in a national championship game so uh, i think that this year is one of the more exciting years that we're going to have in college football going forward and the quarterback play is fantastic i mean it reminds me of 2016 when you had sam darnold out at usc you had trubisky North Carolina, I know a lot of these guys didn't end up being big NFL names. You have Lamar Jackson at Louisville. I, I mean, Caleb Williams is awesome. Drake May looks great. Shador Sanders looks great. Um, You know, Michael Penix at Washington. Like Tyler Van Dyke, who we had on this podcast, is comeback player of the year. So uh, I think that the quarterback play has made this college football season only, you know, two, three weeks old. Very exciting and, and will be a really fun year. Yeah, I mean, this college football season feels more like a college basketball season where you'll have multiple number one seeds, where it just feels like there's a lot more parity. It's tougher to say who's going to come out on top. Uh, Like, I would love every season I can remember in recent memory has been dominated by one team that usually goes undefeated uh, into the college football playoff. I would prefer if the best teams, if the one through eight seed are all one loss teams and we're looking at teams that just there's a lot more parity throughout college football and agreed with you. The quarterback play seems to be higher this year than it has in the past. So it's uh, it's shaping up to be a fun year. Let's go while we're talking college football. Yeah, I think the last thing I'll say on that is is. It makes me really excited for act like I've been. I was pretty against the twelve team playoff. I, I think that it would be really fun if we had one this year, and all these teams getting kind of good again makes me feel better about that we will have twelve deserving ish teams, but we'll have competitive games in that one first twelve spot and that uh, in the bracket as opposed to there's been a lot of concern about like blowouts in the twelve team playoff. Yeah, agreed. So let's. Let's take a look at this week. Uh, I think this seems like it might be a bit of a down week, but we're doing your 14 perfect Saturdays. What do you have? Uh, what games are on your slate this week that you're excited to watch? Go have fun, quality time with your family. Go enjoy friends. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, a good excuse to sort of uh, be off Saturday. Uh, I'm mostly kidding, but I mean, I guess at 12 o'clock, LSU, Mississippi State, Penn State, Illinois. Those are two, like, okay games you know in conference so they have some decent stake stakes at 330 south carolina georgia like okay i mean it's a 27 and a half point spread but georgia's first semi-test uh georgia's at home playing against south carolina who like many sc teams got their butt kicked by an acc team north carolina 31 17 week one minnesota north carolina is at 330 that's a pretty good game. I mean, I'll, I'll always find an excuse to watch Drake May, and I think that 
you know, it's only a seven point spread. So that, that game could be good. And then the, at night, there's real, I mean, Washington, Mich- Michigan state, <laughs> uh, again, good quarterback play uh, out of Washington, Michael Penix, they're 16 point favorites. So, I mean, none of these games are like tight spreads. The tightest spread is Tennessee, Florida. I'm pretty hesitant to be too excited to watch Florida play after the disaster of a week one against Utah. But six and a half point spread. I'll be I'll be very interested to see how Tennessee looks. I kind of roped them in with the other teams uh, that have struggled over the last ten years that are on the rise. Uh, I think that that they will have you know a, a real test in Florida on the road in the swamp. That's only a six and a half point spread. So that's probably the game of the weekend. But even that doesn't excite me too much. And that's that's pretty much all we got for Saturday. Colorado plays a ten. <laughs> but they they play Colorado State with their twenty three and a half point favorites again uh, against. That's nice to see that Vegas is finally respecting Prime the way they should. Um, but yeah, seems seems like a relaxed Saturday. Yeah, or or disrespecting Colorado State. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It gets better very quickly next week. Uh, I mean, I'm already looking ahead: Florida State, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, UCLA, Utah, Colorado, Oregon, Auburn, A and M, Ole Miss, Bama, Iowa, Penn State. So next week's going to be great. <laughs> um, well, let's go to break on that. Seems like we're looking forward to week four already. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back for the big thought. I'm in love with Mojo Fantasy. It's a crazy new app that turns sportsbook odds and selections into fantasy contests. Here's how it works. There are thousands of NFL and MLB player props. You build a portfolio and the better your portfolio performs, the more cash you win. Pick as many props as you want and try and beat the crowd. Also, you can compare their lines to sportsbook lines to help yourself beat the crowd. Always EV bet. <laughs> anyway, it's that simple. Make picks, make moves, make money. Check it out on the App Store now. They're coming to more states and adding more sports soon. Hey guys, welcome back in. We just got through an A block and completely forgot to hit this state of the stack. So kicking over to you, TPG. How's it been this week? Sorry, I got a little carried away with the college football talk. State of the stack. Uh, it's been busy and some of it's been very good. Some of it's been very bad, uh, mostly good. So starting with Thursday, we did we did well in the Thursday night game. The early win being kind of the bigger winner there. Uh, then moving to Saturday, it was... Mostly losses, uh, especially, I mean, there weren't a ton of bets that we had out Saturday, but it was mostly losses. We had a nice MGM hit on Saturday, and then that was in the Discord. And then Sunday, it was losses early, and then everybody. Oh, Saturday, the big loss was the Israel, the the fight. Um, that was a minus 600 that they boosted a plus 100, you know, Justin Herbert, one plus touchdown vibes all the way. It lost. That was sort of the big, the big loss. Not that it was the high max or anything for most people, but just from an attention perspective that everybody bet it, that it was such a heavy favorite losing. And it had already been not the best day for college football. Uh, but actually my tracking's right. We ended up positive on the day. Saturday, thanks to most of the day we had been losing in Texas. We had the both teams not to score in the first quarter hit. And then we had Texas plus one and a half, which was plus 360 hit. So we ended up doing pretty well Saturday, but the vibes weren't great, especially because the 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 fight uh, that night uh, was Strickland beating Adesanya. And then Sunday, 
Sunday, kind of a similar path, some losses early, people overwhelmingly getting angry about it. Uh, I had a bunch of replies saying, you know, because we hit we hit the plus 748, which was the free bet on FanDuel, which wipes out most of the losses. But I think it was mostly new people that were frustrated that, you know, the Super Boosts had been losing. I think the first three Super Boosts of the day had lost and on DraftKings. And then I believe there was a FanDuel boost that lost. I could be wrong, but there was definitely the Caesar parlay that lost. Again, the Discord had some big hits with MGM. Uh, they hit plus 411, hit plus 425. And basically those Barry boosts we did. I think we hit like three of the four of them or something. So, oh, and the under 46 and a half in the Cowboys game, which great, which was great. So then Sunday night rolls along and we hit touchdown first method score. We hit Pollard and Barkley 120 plus yards to sort of absolutely save the drafting super boost of the day. They ended up over the weekend going three and four for minus $3 if you had bet them each at $10. So for all the hoopla, and that includes the, the Israel one. So for all the hoopla about, oh my God, these booster rig, everything's tor- terrible. My bank account can't Handle another DraftKings super boost that looks good, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit, to be honest. You lost $3 if you, if you bet them all. So to me, that was sort of like, yeah, Sunday went fine. We probably broke even. Uh, you're probably up if you're in the Discord, assuming you got, if you, if you had the MGM promos. Uh, and, and there were other places that, that did well. And there was obviously the FanDuel free bet that hit. Like people get all tied up into win percentage. Like literally, I think once the, the Packers Bears had hit, somebody asked like, like, how do you sleep at night? Like, what's your record? I was like, uh, I think our record is two and eight <laughs> with like a plus a hundred win because the Jefferson, uh, the Jamar Chase boost both lost. Like, there was a bunch of losses. This was just on Twitter and a plus seven forty eight that hit. So like, it wipes out uh, a lot of losses. But yeah, it's not a great day. And then the night game went well. So the day ended up being fine. I think it was about. I have to do the tracking, but I think it was about a, a break even Saturday Sunday on Twitter and then. The Monday night game went great. We had the early win hit with the Jets. We had the Jets with the first team to enter the red zone. So, you know, and then we lost the the Garrett Wilson bet. So if I recall correctly, that would be two and one. Uh, the early win is going to have a higher max. So, you know, you, you made out just fine this weekend. Discord was up. I had a lot of fun watching and I don't want to spoil the grind to my gears, but overall, a decent weekend. They're not all going to be bangers, but it, it wasn't anything bad like if you track every play you know the texas hits really helped the plus 748 free bet really helped the early wins you know going two for two and one on those really helps like uh so i think people need to be more patient understand better how to handle having tons and tons of bets especially you know uh, especially if you're taking more than just some of the boost stuff like you're gonna win some you're gonna lose some have fun with it sorry uh, so that's the state of the stack. The gambling landscape update. I know you want to talk about this. I'll just jump straight to it. DraftKings had the 9-11 tweet, which was absolutely, not tweet, uh, like like uh, not sponsored, but highlighted play on their app. It was like Jets to win, Mets to win, and maybe Yankees to win or something. Uh, and it said, never forget. I didn't want to talk about this too much. It was brutal on their part. It's inappropriate, obviously insensitive. I know, you know, you grew up, Around New York City, uh, 9-11 is obviously a tough time for a lot of people in New York. So to like try and get people to bet based off of that, like it's a like it's a narrative play. It's highly inappropriate. I'm sure somebody got fired over that. 
But I don't know. Did you have anything you wanted to to mention about it? Yeah, I, I thought the outrage was worth it in this scenario. I think often people make a bit of a big deal out of things that don't need to be that big of a deal, especially these days. But yeah, I think this one was a bit of a mistake on DraftKings' part. Hank hated that I made this a millennials thing, but it does feel like when you have a bunch of kids running your social media accounts, uh, that if if this was someone who was alive for 9-11, this probably wouldn't be, so they would just know not to make a post like that. Yeah, it's, it was justified. I, I don't know who approved it or put it on the app. Obviously, they need to be smarter. I think it's just another lesson in that these sports books aren't as wise as, you know, big company checks and balances, like well run, I guess is the word I'm looking for, as maybe we perceive them to be. They make stupid mistakes like this. It, it hurts them marketability wise, but they're really just out there trying to find excuses for people to to bet. And they're trying to, you know, just push out as much content as they can. And it's not necessarily you know, always the sharpest people in the room making those decisions. Yeah. Well, we don't need to spend too much time on the negative, even though our big thought today is talking about how some of the books have responded to a very negative event. Do you want to talk a bit about how they're going about refunding? I know a bunch of books offered refunds. Some people are mad that refunds are even being offered. Others are mad that they didn't get that since many places did they're mad that they have a bet on FanDuel and FanDuel didn't uh do you want to just talk a bit about uh how, what's going on with the refunds this week yeah so the background is that Aaron Rodgers first game with the Jets ton of people bet on it against it the whole thing you know it's a lot of action and Aaron Rodgers gets hurt after one throw I think it was his fourth play in the game and he's out for the year so the immediate reaction so if you're in Las Vegas and you bet his over, your bet lost. If you bet his under, your bet won, right? And ever since sports betting's been legalized, let's call it five years ago, some sports books, most of them, I would say, especially the popular ones, FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, MGM, have offered bad beat refunds for first quarter injuries, stuff like that. Uh, this, this certainly would qualify as one that they in the past have refunded sports bettors if you would bet the over, but they would allow under bets to win. So they do this as a promotional tool, market share. Hey, come bet on FanDuel Sportsbook because, you know, we've got you covered. We care about you. That was a bad beat. You know, here's here's a free bet back. And they actually used to do site credit back or we'll just, vo- or we'll just void the bet entirely. So, and this is very much especially applied to boosts. And I think that a lot of that was the boost was meant to be a fun thing for people to root for. So DraftKings, for example, had, or let's do the Fandles because it's probably felt less achievable by one person. So the boost was Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen combined for 500 plus yards, boosted to plus 200. Aaron Rodgers goes down without even completing a pass. Josh Allen's not getting 500 on his own. And the rest of the game, you know, your bet's already lost, essentially, right? I think that because it's a boost and they're trying to to garner goodwill among people in general via the boost, they in the past have certainly refunded that. They voided it. They'll give you at least a free bet back, stuff like that. We saw this countless times. A lot of people in my replies when I said, I think they'll refund it, but I don't know, said Vandal's never done that. They absolutely, they were the kings of doing that. (laughs) 
Um, they decided pretty quickly, uh, there was a tweet circulating around from customer support saying, we are not voiding it or refunding it. We cannot, due to regulatory issues, do this. DraftKings, on the other hand, did. They refunded it via free bet. MGM did. So DraftKings had a boost, which they refunded. And then any any play that had Aaron Rodgers overpassing yards, they would they would refund if it was like the losing leg. MGM did the same thing. Most books did. I think points bet was the other one that did not. So anyway, it sparked this whole debate over, and it always does whenever one of these events happen, should sports books do this? Do betters deserve a refund? There's a lot of old school Vegas guys, kind of like the Circa crowd. I feel like it's led by like this guy Spanky and Jeff Benson, who are like, you are an idiot if you shouldn't be betting if you want a a refund if you think that you should get a refund this is how sports betting works refunds are the absolute worst thing in the betting industry i I don't want to quote them but this is sort of the the tone of it at a minimum and that you know this is everything that's wrong and that the right way to do it is to have people lose their bet the other side of it is people whining oh you had, you know, this is rigged. Everybody bet on Aaron Rodgers over because they were excited that he was coming back. You boosted. There were all these Aaron Rodgers boosts that lost. You know, wow, this is unfair. And I, I'm never betting with you guys again. Where I kind of sit on this is it's a bet. You bet is over. Part of betting overs and unders is that injuries happen. And if an injury happens, the under will probably hit, especially if it's, you know, in the fourth play of the game. However, there's nothing wrong with the sports book refunding a loss. How you could think that there's something wrong with this? How you could think that it's ruining sports betting? What? That these billion dollar publicly traded companies are trying to garner, you know, they're trying to compete for market share, that they're trying to say, hey, come bet on DraftKings where we refund your overs and FanDuel doesn't. That is, first off, great for the marketplace. It's great for the consumer that you are getting money back into your pockets. It's totally fair game as far as I'm concerned in terms of competing for market share the same way that uh, a promotion is. And I think that from the FanDuel side of things, the side, you know, have basically having a change to not refund, they're going to have to live with that. DraftKings is going to have to live with the fact that they paid a bunch of people out in free bets that wouldn't have got it otherwise and it's going to cost them money. And FanDuel is going to have to live with more people are going to bet on DraftKings because of this. They're going to take their business elsewhere, but they got to keep people's money and maybe change their precedent on that going forward. So these are decisions that all of these sports books made, and they're going to have to live with the positive and negatives that come with that. From Vandal's perspective, it, like I said, it, it's going to cost the market share, but the whole regulatory issue, I'm not going to pretend like I know all the regulations. Uh, maybe it's a change because they've obviously done this in the past. Maybe they've been given a hard time about that. but DraftKings was able to do it. Also, there's nothing stopping FanDuel from saying, you know, everyone that bet this can now bet on Josh Allen one plus passing completions next week, or everybody gets that kind of an offer, right? Like they used to do the the push the the spread. Uh, I forget what it was called. Uh, move the spread. So everyone that bets it, the spread moves, and you end up getting the closing line. So you'd end up with like the Dallas Mavericks like plus sixty or something, right? And and you could do the same thing in the NFL where you get the, the Cowboys plus 60 next week. There's nothing stopping them from doing that for the record. So when they, they blame regulations, like they are clearly just hiding behind that. There is something that they can do. Uh, they just don't want to, which is fine. Again, it's their prerogative. But 
don't tell me that sports bettors shouldn't want money back in their pockets. <laughs> they absolutely should. They're not like, oh, I lost the bet. DraftKings keep my money. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't want a free bet. That would be that would be terrible. Yes, it's super annoying when you go on Twitter and everybody everybody's begging yeah. for a bad beat refund. But that doesn't mean that like I'm not going to be happy if a free bet gets plopped into my account. <laughs> I'm not going to feel bad for DraftKings. Yeah, from the from the sports book point of view, it makes sense when someone when there's like a heartbreaking injury or there's something that seems to just like make it feel very unfair to the sports gambler to just ingratiate yourself more with your customer to be like, Hey, we understand that something happened here that was pretty outside of the realm of possible outcomes. Like we, we understand that you were expecting if Aaron's going to have a bad game, the under could hit, but not four passes into the game he's done for the season. So I think it's just, when something that's a huge outlier happens, it's not ridiculous for people to expect it. I mean, I don't think you should ever go into a bet hoping that you get refunded. And when it loses, I don't think you should ever be asking for a refund. But from the sportsbook point of view, it makes complete sense to just be like, hey, we got this one. And you're going to want to keep your action with us because you know that if something, it's like an insurance policy. And by FanDuel not offering it, if there's the same line at FanDuel and DraftKings, I'd rather bet it on DraftKings because if something crazy happens, there's a chance I get my money back and FanDuel doesn't seem to want to offer those as often. So I think it's a smart move. Uh, absolutely. You don't see people getting upset when DraftKings offers a, an up 10 promo and the team that goes up by 10 then loses the game, but your bet won. People would say, Losing 10-point leads, that's just betting. Like, if you expect your bet to win just because your team went up by a touchdown or two, like, that's ridiculous. That's not betting. No, actually, people love it because it's a promotion. It's a way for market share. It's a, it's something that drives people to the app. Like, nobody gets upset about it. And, you know, I was looking at Darren Ravel's kind of, I would say, the big person on this in discussing it. I think he was the one that broke that, you know, who was refunding what. He put up a poll that said, and it was a misleading title, but I think people mostly still voted what they think. And it was, should betters get refunds when a player goes down? And 70% said no. Again, misleading quote. It's like, do you want a refund? I'm sure maybe it would flip or something. But it was crazy. The replies, the quote tweets, all of it that were basically just like so angry at sports betters for potentially. And, and they were mad at DraftKings. This is terrible that DraftKings did this. Yeah, it's terrible that DraftKings took money out of their own pockets and put it into sports bettors' pockets as a means of, like you said, ingratiating themselves, gaining market share, like whatever. So my big thought, and I know we've discussed this in the past, but I wanted to spend some real time on this, is like it is okay to be happy with getting free bets and refunds and all that. Don't don't bitch and whine about it. But yeah, it's okay to it's okay to to get them and to be happy about them. It's okay for the sports books to do them. FanDuel, when you say good for them, like, yeah, I guess if you're their CFO and you think that it makes more sense for them to keep the money rather than to gain market share. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like that is their their right to do that. And it's just like it's DraftKings right to go the other way. But uh, I don't know. I'm happy that we got one uh, for DraftKings. I'm happy that people got them where they did. And uh, they shouldn't be made to feel bad about it just because other places are unwilling to spend their own money on their customers. Yeah, same page. Uh, the complaining gets annoying. It's it makes Twitter a less fun space. But yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. 
I think that they should continue to happen. I think that these the draft the sports books seem to have a good grasp on when is the right moment to offer them, and you're not going to get one every single time if someone gets injured in mid third quarter. It's just with something like the Aaron Rodgers injury, with all the hype that was behind the Jets, it, it was kind of crushing. And I understand being upset that you don't get it, but. I, I think that's what gambling is. Well, look, you didn't you didn't make the bet. You didn't you, you should not make a bet thinking that if you get if, like oh well if he gets hurt I'll just get I'll get my money back or I'll get a free bet back. You should not uh, expect that. You shouldn't whine about it. But you can be happy about it and you can take notes like oh okay DraftKings doing it. I I would I wouldn't be surprised if FanDuel never did it again. I mean it's one thing for them to say you know in this instance blah blah blah, but they said regulatory requirements, which tells me that assuming there's no regulatory change that they'll never do it again, which I do think is a big deal, but I mean, not a huge, it wasn't happening often enough for it to be a big, big deal, but I think it's a big deal in that like they are making this move and we'll see if others follow suit or if this is their way of taking down the largest sports book in America and, and just kind of how the whole situation progresses. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's keep it moving. We went a little long there. Let's yeah. uh, do a quick NFL recap and look forward. Let's uh, decide which teams we want to overreact to. There were a bunch of surprise week one winners and there were a bunch of surprise week one losers. I want to know, I'm gonna, we're going to go a little rapid fire here. Which of these teams do you think we should overreact to the win and they really are as good as they looked or hold your brakes a little bit? And with the losers, same situation. So we'll start with a couple surprise winners. Uh, the Browns ran through the Bengals. They look great on the in the ground game. Deshaun Watson didn't look amazing, but is coming back and starting to look a little bit more like his old self. Uh, do we believe that the Browns win was real? And is this a team that's going to be a problem in the AFC? Well, I think you could argue that the win was real. Uh, again, they were like pick them going into the game. I think that the conditions favored them a lot. You know, they're a, a running based team. I think that Burrow was rusty, sloppy, whatever you want to say, struggled with the with the weather. Uh, I thought Watson looked pretty terrible at times, to be honest. Yeah, same. I was tough. To, I, I didn't really want to give him too much praise for that win. <laughs> I, I think that I think that they won like a tough, gritty game, which which generally favors them. And it, it wasn't. You know, it was like almost a pick em game. So uh, I would not overreact to it. I think that they did better than we expected. In fact, if they won a pick em game, but I think the conditions favored them and I wouldn't overreact to it. Yeah, I honestly would slightly overreact. I think they're going to be a serious problem in the AFC North. And I think they're probably a playoff team. So, But they were a borderline playoff team to begin with. Yeah, I just took their over this season and took them to win the AFC North. So I'm, I like what I see. I don't think that Pittsburgh is going to be the the terrible team that they look like this week. Um, but we'll see how I, that's going to be a really tough division. What do we think of the Dolphins win? Well, is their offense really that good? I think the offense really is that good. And is the defense going to really let up that many points weekly? I think that the I, I think the Dolphins are a team we can overreact to. I mean, look, it helps now Aaron Rodgers out. The Bills didn't look great. Tyreek Hill looked uncoverable to a, what did he throw for 460 something yards? 66, I think he said. They looked awesome. And they looked like the team that they looked, you know, that was the first half of the season. And Jalen Ramsey eventually comes back. And, you know, it's a new defensive coordinator. I think that, that, that the Dolphins are the favorites in the AFC East for sure. And and I think that, you know, they're, they're pretty legit as long as they stay healthy. 
Yeah, I was high on the Dolphins coming in. I'm still high on the Dolphins. I'm glad I have a future there. They uh, they look great. They're, there's just so much speed on that offense. They have a running back coming back. Jeff Wilson should be back this week. Running backs are irrelevant, but keep going. Eh, not irrelevant. It's just it's nice to see that they will continue to get healthier. And even when not fully healthy, they are a team to be feared. Yeah, I think we could keep it moving. What about the Lions taking down the Chiefs week one? Are the Lions the legit playoff team that everyone thinks they are? Yeah, I think that they sort of validated their preseason hype. I don't know if they overly exceeded it. I mean, the defense clearly looks better. I think that Kelsey being out, Tony drops. Does the defense look better or did they? the Chiefs just drop the ball a lot? The offense only put up 14 points. Probably a mix. The defense was, the defense was pretty bad last year, though. So this high-flying offense that was supposed to keep them in games only put up 14 points against the Chiefs. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that they validated who we thought they were, but I don't think that they're much better despite the impressive win. Yeah, I think this is probably still a 9 or 10 win team uh, that'll have a lot of fun wins. They can honestly beat anyone any given week, which is part of the excitement around them. I just, I do expect the Lions to Lion at some point. Well, let's go Buccaneers. Is Baker back? I don't know if Baker's back. I think the Bucs are pretty good. I mean, I thought they were pretty, okay, pretty good, like relative to expectations. They were, what did they finish last year? Seven and, and 10? Eight, eight and nine? Um, I'll let you know, but keep going. So I've always been a Brady hater. I think, you know, a lot of the, the system quarterback stuff's true. Not that he wasn't a very good system quarterback, but I, I never felt like he was the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I think that rings are more of a function of the team, all of that. I actually never thought that he had a big drop-off. Even, I mean, maybe a little bit his last year, but uh, I think it, his greatest accomplishment is how he was able to be just as good, you know, at 40-something as he was at, not in his prime prime, but, you know, for the majority of his career. So anyway, that's all to say that, yeah, Baker isn't great, but I don't. I, I never expected a large drop-off from Brady to Baker. Uh, I think that if you, you know, they still have some good receivers. The defense obviously played well, even though Kirk Cousins is throwing all over the field. And they're obviously not in quite the same win now mode that they, that they were, you know, they collected a ton of guys when Brady got there to sort of beef up that team, but, and then sort of salary cap stuff. But yeah, I think they're good. I think they'll, they'll be competitive. Uh, and I don't think that there's a big drop off from last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a similar record. Yeah. I think they might be a little bit better than last year. I think this might be, I have the saints to win this division. Um, I still think that the saints will win this division, but the Buccaneers, their defense is fun. This is a team that we saw in the super bowl, not that many years ago. And a lot of the big names are still around. So you watch this defense, you've got the two linebackers, uh, David and White that are still there. You have Winfield Jr. making great plays. Uh, it just feels like a team with a lot of names that we know. The receiving core is still pretty elite. Um, so, yeah. I, I know. It's crazy because, like, Godwin and Evans, you know, are very good receivers. But it's like they had Gronk and Antonio Brown, too. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's pretty crazy how much talent that team had. That, that receiving core is crazy yeah uh anyway let's get to the packers yeah let's do the packers uh they ran through the bears it seems like green bay still owns chicago um is this packers team real or was this just a knowing your divisional matchup really well and winning a div- against a divisional opponent 
I think they're pretty good. I didn't really watch any of, or much of the game, but sound. I mean, you know, uh, Jordan Love's only been good when when given the opportunity. So I, I kind of have no reason to doubt him. Yeah, and the defense sounds like they're improved. What a disappointing game for Chicago. Yeah, I saw a good amount of it, and I tend to lean towards they aren't really that good. I mean, Vegas kind of agrees with me to only be a one point. I th- are they even favored? I think they're a one point favorite. It's like pick. It's like pick them. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think it opened as them being a one point favorite in Atlanta. I would think going against Desmond Ritter and this defense has been hyped all preseason on being very improved. We'll see. I I think this week will tell us a lot more about who they are. I look at this being a back and forth game against Atlanta. I I feel like this Packers team will probably miss the playoffs, but I don't know. It's a tough division. This is one of the teams I really don't have much of a read on. Um, Let's go to the Rams as our final one. The Rams had a surprise win against Seattle. Stafford looked healthy young was delivering the ball on time to receivers we knew nothing about are the rams back i don't know i didn't watch much of, much of that game but it kind of felt silly during the game that the that the rams would uh like like when you see them doing well and they've got stafford back there and hopefully cooper cup comes back at some point but they got this other guy patrick chuos the big fantasy guy it's like Wait, why do we think you know Sean McVay still there? Wait, why do we think this is a five and a half win team again? Uh, but I, I, I can't say I know enough to to move far off of that. But I, I guess there's a part of me that's like, wouldn't they have tried to trade Stafford? Wouldn't they try to, if they if they were just like ready to go get some picks back? You know, I know I know they've obviously lost guys from the Super Bowl, but we're not. We're what was it two years ago? So maybe maybe they could be. Yeah, maybe. They knew that he looked healthy all offseason, and it's like let him go out, play well for a few weeks, and show the rest of the world what he is, let an injury like Aaron Rodgers happen, and see if any teams are willing to give up real draft capital for him. Um, I don't I don't think anyone would have even considered giving up a first-round pick for Stafford going into the season the way he looked last year. Now it's a bit of a different conversation. He looks like the kind of guy who could come in and win you a Super Bowl like he's done before. So I wouldn't be surprised if teams are calling the Rams to see what they have there. I think the Rams defense is just too depleted. I'm surprised they were able to contain Geno that much, even though I'm not that high on Geno. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. That's one that's tough to read, but I'm, I'm not buying the hype. Um, let's go to some losers and see who's in trouble and who we can just relax on uh let's start with joe burrow and the Bengals. uh tough loss for them this week they never really got much of anything going is joe burrow still hurt is he okay was he awake what what do we have i don't know Uh, he looked so bad uh i i'm gonna blame it on the weather (laughs) and injury and the rust but not a great start i mean they better get their act together quickly you can't be oh and two you know they got the ravens this week you can't be oh and two with uh two losses in the division to start. So better get his act together quickly. Yeah. I took their under 11 and a half. I don't really, I think they're at the point that the bills are at now where you've had success. Everyone looks at you as a top dog in the AFC, but it's getting tough to keep your talent, your young talent. They started having to pay some guys. Joe finally got paid. 
And we'll just see. It's kind of up to if they've done a good job in the draft replacing their talent. I know they had to let a few guys go this year. Uh, we'll see if that defense – that defense has never been overly talented, but they've always made huge plays in big moments and been a, a strong turnover defense. We'll see if they can continue being the kind of team that bends, not breaks, and gets the big play eventually. Um Let's go to the Steelers. Got run over by the Niners. I was pretty high on the Steelers coming into this year. Is Kenny Pickett bad? I don't know. That was brutal. Uh, the Niners are obviously great, but that was brutal. And I don't want to. I was kind of high on the Steelers too, so I don't want to overreact. But yeah, I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, I wish I felt more confident. I wish this was a team that I was going to say I'm sticking on betting. I'm sticking with betting on them through the good times and the bad. This is probably a don't touch team for me till week five. I, I don't want any part of it until I kind of see who they are. This could be the kind of team that starts out three and six and Mike Tomlin does the Mike Tomlin thing and wins six of his last eight or nine, whatever the numbers are, and just finishes above 500 like he does every year. But it's not much of a team to be feared in any real way. Um yeah, the Vikings. Um, I was super high on coming into the year. Um, I thought they'd be better than the Lions. I had them to win their division. Um, did not look like anything special. Didn't seem to be able to convert on third downs. Couldn't get Baker off the field in key moments. Uh, is this Vikings team that was? This is a thirteen-win team a year ago. Is this Vikings team a playoff-bound team? I think they I think they are who we thought that I think they are who we thought they were. Um I know they passed for a bunch of yards. Justin Jefferson's still great. Addison's a nice pickup. They were never that good last year. Um and you know, a couple of bad moments there, but I think they'll they'll be a tough out for anyone. We'll see tonight uh against the Eagles, but we'll see. And then uh the last one we got is the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are I think we both agree that they're still probably the best team in the league if not you know if not then they're top two or three uh just missing kelsey and first game stuff agreed yeah i'm certainly not worried about this chiefs team um i think it'll be they'll bounce back they'll get their guys back i'm not worried at all it's gonna it's gonna we're gonna have to see a lot more losses out of them before i start to panic um okay that was fun uh let's uh let's shoot over to our mojo segment um this should be a fun one. Uh, it's been fun being on the Mojo app, looking through all the props they offer. The way that their app is set up is pretty unique. It's cool. It feels like I'm in I'm sports gambling on a Robin Hood set up app. Um, and so you have to get used to looking at the prices a little differently. Um, but once you do, they've got some fun plays. And I think we found a play we really like today. Uh, you want you want to walk us through it? Uh, yeah. So. DeAndre Swift over eight and a half carries. Nick tells me is 36 cents, which equates to about plus 176, right? They they have like they have like an equivalent thing on their on their app, right? Yeah. So they help you see it in gambling terms that you're more used to. Perfect. But yeah, after after the game, each stock will either go to a dollar or zero dollars based on whether or not the prop hit. So if you're buying right. it at 36 cents. It equivalates. It is equivalent. Your payout ends up equivalent to plus one seventy six. Yeah. So this is a plus EV line, and basically we're just trying to help you find plus EV lines on Mojo. 
So this is a plus EV line. If you look at FanDuel right now, it's plus 106 at minus 140. So this would be very arbitrable to to the the under eight and a half rush attempts for DeAndre Swift on FanDuel. Uh, this would be like our play of the day, obviously having such a strong plus EV line. I don't know if it'll be, well, I know it won't be available <laughs> because uh, this airs tomorrow, but uh, I would, you know, I think checking Mojo versus Sportsbooks does allow you for opportunities like this that are plus EV and allows you to, you know, hopefully make money long-term. Yeah. So excited to be working with Mojo, the stock market for sports, and we will see. This is our first play with them this week. So we'll see how it goes and excited to bring these to you guys every week. Um, Let's wrap it up. This has been a long episode for us. We've got one final thing. Uh, What's got you fired up? What's grinding your gears this week? You know what really grinds my gears? Yeah. What's grinding my gears is, is like long-term followers, especially who haven't gotten used to sort of the high volume that comes with football season. I mentioned it earlier, struggling like at 2 p.m. with plays struggling, right? It's a long season. There's It's a long day on Sunday, really, especially when you consider Thursday, Saturday, Monday. Like, you're not going to make money every weekend, but we will do very well, you know, by, by season's end. And like just the – the negativity that really surrounded my Twitter replies, especially by people talking about DraftKings Super Boost, especially talking about, oh, uh, when was the last time you hit a bet on DraftKings? Like, well, today's Sunday. <laughs> and other than, you know, the one earlier, like, and the, and the one yesterday, because there's 100 bets, like, yeah, on one specific sports book, we were struggling for a day and a half after an incredible run the week before, the month before, the years before, whatever. And then doing well the next day and a half. Like, everybody breathes. It's supposed to be fun. If you're not having fun, take a step back. There's no need for for this, like... And honestly, what grinds my gears the most when people say, well, with the day, with how these super boosts have been going, I'm praying for this one to hit so that we break even. And it's like, nobody should be praying for sportsbook wins on $10 max. It's like, this is not a unit thing, but... Lower your unit size if you're pre- if you're praying for wins. Like if you're one bet away, that's plus a hundred from breaking even. Nothing's gone too poorly. Like you could do a whole lot worse. Um, so a lot of the the comments were just concerning from that perspective. I mean, even after a lot of bets won, it's like super boosts were negative all weekend. Like that's that's crazy. Like it's seven bets. They all could have lost, right? Uh, and it wouldn't have been. I mean, it would have been surprising, obviously, but it wouldn't have been that crazy. And they all could win. And and that's sort of how these runs go over time. Like sometimes you get super hot. Sometimes you get cold. Sometimes it's just sort of stagnant until you can get super hot. Like there's supposed to be ups and downs and you got to you gotta learn to handle. Uh, and that's sort of my suggestion for the rest of the season. And I always try and sort of preach, like, make sure you're still having fun with this. Yeah, th- this is meant to be fun. Obviously, it's also meant to make money, but... Um... Yeah, the negativity is annoying. I'm not going to disagree with you there. So uh, let's stay positive and uh, let's have another good week. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, Stay tuned. Discord, the podcast, Twitter, website, the Dimers articles. You know, uh, I I think the website's a good way to sort of keep all that centralized. But uh, we got a big week. Let's enjoy it. Appreciate everybody listening and uh, see you next week. We'll talk soon. 